0: This is the Orange Podcast, conversations with Orange City Council for the local community.
1: This is Alan Reader, and for some mysterious reason, you've tuned in to the Orange Podcast. We'll try and make it worth your while. All going well in this week's episode, you'll be finding out what else could happen when Orange City Council wants to put a new water pipe deep under a busy road. But how do you install a new pipe? Without digging up the road, that's coming up soon. And also in today's show, what's the weirdest thing you've ever accidentally flushed
2: down your toilet? There is a story about people ringing in wanting to see if they can retrieve a wedding ring or or engagement ring that might have been accidentally flushed down the toilet. What we have removed is, uh, you know, the odd tennis ball. And um, at our treatment plant, I haven't seen the false teeth that the, uh, the old-timer has accidentally flushed down the toilet. But I know for a fact that another plant has been uh, capable of, of finding false teeth and, and able to be given back to the gentleman that's, that's looked for it. More about that topic from Water
1: Treatment Manager John Francis as he tells us why we're about to spend $7 million at our city's sewage treatment plant. But first today, do join us. We're off to a footpath near the Orange Courthouse to find out how our water team figures out a way to avoid digging up a busy road. For the Orange podcast, we we're across the road from the Orange Courthouse, a busy intersection at the corner of Lords Place and Bing Street, many cars going by. What if the Orange City Council wanted to build up install a new water pipe, a crucial bit of infrastructure? To dig up the road and disrupt traffic would be a major problem, so our water team has come up with a much better solution. And if you've been driven past the CWA Hall this week, you would have seen that happening. Uh, Joining me, Josh Barnes, our water
3: engineer. Josh, why is it more important if you can dig underneath the road than digging it up? What we've managed to do across the road from the courthouse is that we've managed to use a technique where you do underboring across the road. Uh, It's a it's a good method it's a lot easier than open cutting I guess um, in terms of traffic disturbance and say environmental disturbance around the place because what we're able to do is bore underneath and not disturb anything on the surface. Is it we... more expensive? Yes it is more expensive to do in a situation like where we are it might be more comparable because of the traffic controls you'd have to have in place plus road closures you might have to do but on this occasion it's probably very comparable I'd have to say. Let's go back a notch, uh, what is the pipe, how big is it and what, how, what, what's it used for? So the pipe we've installed is a 150 mm water main that goes through and we use a product which is poly pipe, it's a polyethylene based product, uh, which is more flexible than other pipe products that we uh, generally install around town and it can also be welded together to minimise the chances of leaks. They come in longer lengths, Um, and I guess they're they're able to be pulled back through the hole that we generate when we do the bore. How do you bore a a hole that long underneath a roadway? Well, for this one it's probably about 50 metres, 60 metres in length there. Uh, For this one what we do is we put a bore through to start with, so we put a pilot hole through and the pilot hole navigates its way through safely I guess. We locate all our infrastructure that's there, whether it's a stormwater pipe, power lines, Telstra cables, gas pipes other water mains or sewer pipes that are in there. We're right alongside Robertson Park. You've, you've checked out the how close trees are nearby. Yeah, look, the trees are actually a very important piece of uh, asset here, I guess you'd say. It's a nice visual setting. And we need to make sure we're below where the tree roots are so we don't cause any damage to those either. So what we do is we come through, we bore through with that pilot hole, get our depths right and heights right so we're not hitting any of those pieces of key infrastructure or tree roots and then we pull back the new poly pipe back through that hole that's already been generated. What's that particular bit of water main for? Um, when will you start to use it? So this particular bit of water main is we're renewing the infrastructure around where the future cities is happening at the moment. Uh, that's to allow for, you know, the, our infrastructure is ageing in the CBD. It's, you know, it's not a spring chicken anymore, and now's a good time for us to come in, renew the water infrastructure through the CBD, so it's back to a new state, so we don't have any problems with it into the future.
1: At this this time of year in winter, having water breaks is not an unusual thing around Orange. I suppose rather than repairing things and the disruption that comes with that, if you can get in and fix things ahead of time, that's a better option.
3: Yes, certainly. And this time of year it's never very pleasant to be trying to fix water main breaks. And certainly we'd like to see if we can have a bit more of a proactive program in relation to water main replacements rather than a reactive program and fixing the water pipes in general. So this new pipe is now in place, two metres under the ground. When will you start to use it? When, when will it be connected? So I'd say in the next two to three weeks we'll have most of the connection works done and we'll have, have a lot of the businesses reconnected up to the new water main rather than the old water main. So it's moving forward quite well. So, the next two to three weeks, I think we'll start to see that new piece of infrastructure in place and operating. This sort of infrastructure is invisible to most Orange residents. It's, it's also very important to them. Well, the water is essential, isn't it, for businesses to operate and just for people in general. So, it is such an essential piece of infrastructure, but a lot of the stuff we do is below ground and invisible to people.
1: You're on the Orange Podcast. Currently our annual budget's up for community discussion. We get to put it out for 28 days and the community gets to have their say about whether those things are good things to spend it on or not. One of the biggest single ticket items on in the budget this year is $7 million to make our sewage treatment plant even better. To find out some more, our water treatment manager, John Francis. John, why do we need to spend $7 million? Before we
2: get into the details of how we're going to do that, how important is sewage treatment? Uh, yeah, first of all, Alan, thanks for the opportunity to talk about the sewage treatment plant. It's not, not often that it uh, creates much interest, and um, yeah, very happy to talk about what is an upgrade to part of our treatment plant, being the front end, for want of a better description. And uh, yeah, we're we, we're looking to um, upgrade or create. It's actually creating a new inlet works in the next year. To go back a step. Sewage is one of those things that's unpleasant to talk about, but we'd be in trouble if we didn't have a good system. Yeah, it's fairly fairly important. Um, historically, sewage treatment plants were put in for health reasons, and these days the focus is really around environmental controls and environmental releases, and yeah, that, that is a part of the story for, for this upgrade. So as, as well as uh, making sure that the the sewage that comes
1: from Oranges' homes is treated, we've got to make sure it's um, when we release some water somewhere else,
2: that's got to be in good quality. Yeah, correct. And um, that's on with uh, soluble and and insoluble. I'll try and not get, get too technical, but um, it's all sorts of uh, rules around um, what we discharge to the environment. The idea of an inlet works is... Uh, has a set of screens and um, there's another main component that we're upgrading which is grit removal as well. What the screens do is they're looking to, they work to remove um, rags and and solid matter from the sewage flowing in from about 400 kilometres of of pipe throughout the city. So a bit of
1: a uh, a language warning coming up, if you're offended or you're going to feel bad about us talking about the, some things that go down your toilet, then you can go away from that podcast and come back in a few minutes. How do you describe the stuff that, that comes into your sewage treatment plant? The, the word rags is used. What does that mean for
2: you? Yeah, look, we, we get all sorts of uh, solid matter coming in. And yes, what gets flushed down the toilet, there's fecal matter that comes in a, 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 as well. And the solid matter that we remove in the screening process is includes um, uh, plastics and paper and um, and other sorts of things that people flush down the toilet or somehow makes its way in the sewage treatment plant. Look, screens are the screens that we've got there at the moment are about 25 years old. So that at the end of their life, they're requiring a lot of maintenance. Um, what have they done? They've they've been reasonably effective in in time, but it's. Um, it's time for an up- upgrade. When I do tours down at the serious treatment plant, and, and which is often with school kids, um, not only from the local area but from Sydney, come out and have a look at our what is quite a good plant. There is the story about people ringing in wanting to see if they can retrieve a wedding ring or that, or engagement ring that might have been accidentally flushed down the toilet. Like looking for a needle in a haystack, that one. But um, what we have removed is uh, you know the odd tennis ball and. Um, uh, you know so the screens will pull out pull out um bits and pieces like that haven't seen the um at our treatment plant I haven't seen the false teeth that the uh the old timer has accidentally flushed down the toilet but I know for a fact at another plant um that has screening the at an inlet works has been uh, capable of of finding false teeth and and able to be given back to the gentleman that's that's looked for it so it gives you a bit of an idea on what on what the inlet works is uh, capable of re- removing.
1: So you're about to spend 7 million dollars over the next 12 months installing a better inlet system for your s- sewage treatment plant. If you can take some of that material, insoluble grit material out of the system before you start to treat it, that's
2: going to make your treatment end of the system much much more efficient. Yeah, what it really does is it helps to cut down the maintenance on the downstream components of the plant. And so it's taking load off the operators and, the, um, and the, the parts that break down downstream and that are blocked up by these solid materials that, that are currently, a few too many are currently getting through the screen. So it'll improve the efficiency of the plant downscre- downstream as well. When do you think you'll start work? Um, We're looking in the first quarter of next financial year. So right now we're in what's called the detailed design phase. We've um, gone out to tender and and purchased the equipment and that equipment supplier is working with our design consultants and um, that should be finalised by the end of this financial year. So all things going to plan. We've worked through earlier phases including an options study and concept design and uh, yeah so we, we're moving along quite nicely.
1: It's the sort of thing that's completely invisible to the locals but they'll, they'll notice if it's done badly
2: this is going to make it happen very smoothly and more efficiently. That's right and um, as a rate payer uh, there should be um, appreciated knowledge that um, we're working to continually maintain our assets to work in the, the best way possible. And that means that we spend less on maintaining bits and pieces the parts the pumps the the um, pressure systems and 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 that's good for for uh, maintaining budgets and uh, and operations
1: you're on the Orange podcast and for a wrap of the week at Orange City Council CEO Dave Waddell Dave how was the
0: week for you I was fantastic Al I say that because remember last week, Al, we were talking about how um, we were trying to simplify the budget and talk yep. about how, to us, you and I, Alan and Dave, you know, it was quite actually quite an interesting exercise. Yep. And we also said, if you remember, that we're going to reach out to the community and have a forum. A face-to-face and, forum. And, and a few will come along. They'll be interested because, yep. you know, it's a $100 million plus budget and we'll get a few along. Al, we got two. (laughs) (laughs) When you said a few. Yeah. yeah. So we got two people. We had five staff and two people. They were uh, very
1: well informed. They went away with their personal Mm. concerns, what you'd call seriously listened to, both of them. Five staff talking to two people
0: over one hour. That's democracy for you. (laughs) Anyway, it was good. We had council on Tuesday night. There was a few notables in that. Building owners too. Well, it's on exhibition Mm. to um, start... um, What's your what the is, first round of the the, the
1: future city assistance fund for businesses? Yeah. we've got lots of beautiful facades in our main street, and now the council wants to practically help building owners to mm. tart them up a bit more.
0: They're they're on now too, so the lighting continues. Yeah, it was a great week. Good, it was good. The guys are getting people are
1: up. very excited about the fairy lights. Yeah, aren't they ever? They're, they're really they changing. We've done some social media posts about those this week, and the all the feedback has been incredibly positive. Yeah, uh,
0: street lights. Yeah. and help me out here. We've got.
1: And the, the white way lights that go to the yeah. street way lights and the, oh, and the, and fairy the festoons. Lights, yeah. yeah, so, so sure. whether we have them all on at the same
0: time some yeah. on weekends, there's a we good
1: play. community conversation there. Sometimes you know it, it's great to put up Christmas lights at Christmas time, but you wouldn't want them all year round.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, should we have some of them some more of the time or some on less of the time just mm. to make things special, or if someone comes for a visit, um, they need to have them on all the time just for them. So mm. we'll wait and see. We but the interesting thing stuff, in, in yeah. McNamara Lane, perhaps, is that there aren't the big bright festoon lights there. And so seeing the new whiteway lighting along the footpath is uh, much more highlighted.
0: Yeah, I think it looks quite stunning. So that was the week, another busy week.
1: We had the mental health minister in town this week for a mental health roundtable. Yeah, you want to ask Scott Maunder about that, because I I had a clash. Just as well, we're in the big studio, because he's joined us. Scott, um, were you pleased with
4: with that mental health roundtable on Friday? It was great. We had the minister, Bronnie Taylor, up. Uh, our local politicians there uh, had a number of counsellors in attendance, but it, we also had a lot of service providers, NGOs, etc., and a really good discussion around how we can improve mental health delivery services across the region, not just in Orange. Orange is
1: blessed with many health organisations and agencies and, and big government departments, health university branches, that sort of thing. Is there room for them to be closer in touch? Did that come up in the discussion?
4: the oh, it did. The con- the, how they talked to each other certainly did. Uh, there's there's a clinical pathway which one of the main things was what, where they talked about a clinical pathway for, for people to access um, but there was also a, a non-clinical pathway where people talked to their peers and, and some of the uh, insights from Lifeline were particularly important uh, For example, for example where someone might be struggling and then they're trying to identify within their peers who they might be able to talk to about it and so there's a whole range of tools that are in available now. So there's, there's one we've rolled out across council called Mental Health First Aid and that just helps the person who might be hearing from someone who's having a tough time how to deal with that conversation. Um, certainly very important in, in youth uh, because they're less likely to go down a clinical pathway where someone says, oh, I'm having these thoughts or I'm struggling with these things or I've just broken up with my girlfriend or my boyfriend or whatever and feeling low. So these give them that too. The, the, so so that was really important, how we support that out as well as the clinical framework. So the psychologist-psychiatrists, uh, versus the NGOs, the lifelines, the helplines, uh, and your peers so there's a peer it's actually called peer support so
1: one of the agencies talked about a, a potential gap someone has a are you okay uh, conversation, but then there's a bit of a waiting list if there's some serious problems to deal with before they get some specialist help
4: and that was a bit what I was just talking to so it, it doesn't have to be a clinical professional pathway yep. it can be this peer support pathway where people through their lived experience can help others with their, what they're experiencing at the time and deal with it and, and certainly give them some support through that process because three weeks is a long time, right? If you need to talk to someone and they go, oh, yeah, come back in three weeks, that's a big deal um, and really hard for the person involved if there are these other pathways, non-clinical pathways but really useful and uh, and have stacked up in, in um, research, et cetera. Then that's available as well. So we had a lot of there was a lot of conversation around that.
1: Orange City Council does mostly rates and roads and rubbish, but our role in this area is more sort of advocacy, bringing those community organisations together with government. That's
4: right, and we're we're uh, in a great position to be a facilitator. So like mind is the consortium for adults, um, Headspace is the one for youth, and we participate in both those consortiums.
0: Have a great weekend. It's Anzac Day on Sunday. We've got a dawn service. And an eleven o'clock service, and you need tickets. Remember, uh, ratepayers, you need tickets through one, two, one,
1: two, three. three ticks. Six. Go to the Orange X Services yeah. website, and there are links from yeah. there. The advice from the police is: please don't go and watch the marches. Just go straight to Robertson Park, right. and make sure you have got an online ticket. Yeah,
0: plenty of tickets left.
1: Thanks for your time, Dom. Have a weekend. Bye bye. Thanks for joining us for the show this week. Remember, you can download this show from the Orange City Council website or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, for the Orange Podcast, this is Alan Reader. Bye for now.